Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us for the Wellness Wednesday podcast. This podcast is a forum where you can listen in as members share successful strategies on wellness and resiliency in both their personal and professional lives. My name is Christina Martin, and I will be your host for today's ASHP Wellness Wednesday episode. With us today are Drs. Herschel Shukla, who is the Clinical Pharmacy Manager over Surgical Services in the Anesthesiology Division of Pharmacotherapy, Center for Pharmacotherapy Research and Quality at Montefiore Medical Center in Albert Einstein Hospital. Dr. Jessica Sneed, who is the Clinical Pharmacy Manager of Internal Medicine at New York Presbyterian Hospital and Will Cornell Medical Center. And Dr. Alana Silek, who is a Clinical Pharmacy Manager over Cardiothoracic Intensive Care at New York Presbyterian Hospital and Columbia University Medical Center. Thank you, Drs. Shukla, Sneed, and Silek for joining us on today's episode. Today, we will be chatting about all three of these members have been involved with the New York City chapter of the New York State Council of Health System Pharmacy with their state affiliate and have been on a well-being journey. And then within the events of this past year, have continued as planned, but also had to pivot a little bit in their wellness journey to engage their peers and their chapter members. So we look forward to learning from all of you. Well, let's jump right in. Uh, so to start, Herschel, can you share with us how did the New York City Chapters Wellbeing and Resilience Committee come into existence and why is this necessary? Thank you, Christina. I just wanted to start off by thanking ASHP for having us today share our experiences. So for me, it, you know, it really came back from when I was a resident back in 2014. As a resident, you know, you're looking for a PGY2 and then trying to perform on rotations. And then after the PGY1 is completed, you're looking for a job and all that, that whole entire process is quite challenging and you know, oftentimes very overwhelming. And at that time, we really didn't have many resources that looked at uh, the prevention of burnout and building resilience through my residency. But over that time, I commend ASHP for all their efforts in providing the necessary resources to pharmacy professionals. Their efforts have spotlighted the importance of this problem to all pharmacy professionals, including pharmacy technicians and pharmacy students. So taken from ASHP, we wanted to bring some of these experiences to the local New York City level. So first we addressed our state affiliate as a resolution at our annual House of Delegates. It was a policy statement that passed with overwhelming support this past May. And then we went from there to the drawing board in creating a plan and organizing resources for our local New York City members. And that's really where I started to speak with Jessica and Alana, who have been really extremely um, enthusiastic in helping lead the charge. Yeah, so Herschel, you know, I was honored that he asked me to do this as a committee chair for the first inaugural year that we would be doing it because we've been through so much in New York City with the pandemic. So we made a survey with our members. We have a lot of members, I think near a thousand. And we really got a lot of information from that survey about, you know, like what kinds of burnout that they were feeling and kind of what resources that we could actually provide for them that was very specific to their needs. We even found that they had resources available and weren't using them or didn't 
didn't know how to correctly use them. So we really wanted to promote, you know, programs that could empower them themselves to continue to think about, you know, well-being and resilience as we're going through this pandemic and just think about ways that they can empower themselves to continue to, you know, be well and stick through, you know, just so they can provide better patient care. And that was like the main idea, I guess, really was promoting, you know, well-being and resilience so that we have better patient care and better outcomes for them, especially during this pandemic, because it can lead to, of course, medical errors. And that's what we want to avoid as a pharmacy profession. So what I hear you say is that uh, prioritize the survey during the pandemic, and you all had a lot of distractions and other activities going on at that time, but it was a way to empower your members to remind them of what they can do during a particularly challenging time. So uh, maybe feeding off of that, and we'll start with Alana here, is why was it more important to specifically form a committee as we were in the midst of this pandemic, and you all are from the greater New York City area, why forming it during a challenging time? Yeah, so a well-being and resilience committee was something that we had always talked about with the New York City chapter, something that we were interested in. We had known even prior to the pandemic that, and, and this came to more to light with the 2018 ASHP survey that was done, that essentially showed that burnout is really prevalent among pharmacists, unfortunately. Um, that survey had showed that 53% of pharmacists experienced burnout, 36% with emotional exhaustion. So I think we already knew that this was something that was needed. But with New York City being one of the most impacted areas of COVID, I think that really escalated the amount of burnout and emotional exhaustion we were experiencing. I can speak for myself as an ICU pharmacist. I went from having normally 31 patients to nearly 50 ICU patients that I was taking care of at a time. Basically, all of our other responsibilities were cut that were non-patient care, and I was still spending 50, 60 plus hours a week doing patient care. And it gets to after a while. And you know, since that time, we have learned from more recent surveys that we did post-COVID that pharmacists in New York City hospitals have shown increased signs of burnout, including feeling tired, overwhelmed, stressed, and irritated. And so between our own personal experiences, these experiences that we were hearing from other pharmacists really further solidified the evidence we needed that having a well-being committee was really needed, especially during a time where people were feeling as burned out as they were. So as the committee was forming... How did you know what resources your members needed? There's a lot of information out there on this topic. So how did you start and know what to provide to your members first in this journey? Yeah, so given our personal experiences, the prior literature that I kind of just talked about that was out there, we knew there was a problem, but we also needed to know where there were gaps in the needs for the well-being and resilience uh, committee, specifically for our New York City chapter members. So what we, uh, I just talked about this a little bit before, but what Jess Herschel and I ended up doing was we sent a survey out to all of our New York City chapter members um, to, to get a baseline for where our members were just in terms of how they were feeling and then what resources they felt would be beneficial to address the burnout and symptoms they were experiencing because we didn't want to end up you know, giving different resources or different activities or programs that ultimately our members wouldn't actually even feel like it was useful. So it actually ended up being being really helpful for us. Yeah. So to piggyback off like what the events that we actually did that Alana is referring to is, you know, 
very unconventional ones for our society. Like think about our pharmacy programs before the pandemic, you know, we're having um, dinners, we're like talking about medications and everything. And now we're thinking, you know, we have to do a yoga session with directors of pharmacy, downward dogging and like the, the video screen. So it was super fun. I think it was a very different experience. And I think it got a lot of people excited and thinking about ways that they can promote well-being. Um, so that was one of the events we did because that was a specific request um, from one of, from the survey that we did. They wanted a yin yoga slash meditation session. And I think no matter what level of exercise capacity you have, you can do a meditation and mindfulness session. I think people probably got more out of that than anything, which was super exciting. And I, I honestly think all of us personally did. And then we also saw that, you know, they wanted a CE that actually showed, you know, I think a lot of people realize that there's burnout and that there is, you know, a, a need to address the and recognize it, but like, what specifically can we do? And the CE that Anna did for us and adopted an amazing one on creating an environment that promotes a thriving workforce. It had specific examples of, you know, take a break, you know, think about others um, and respect the diversity and think about specific things that you can do on a day-to-day basis that promotes um, actual well-being and resilience rather than just knowing signs of it. Um, she took it a step further with literature showing, you know, how to decrease medication errors by companies themselves actually promoting well-being and resilience for their healthcare workers. So it was really helpful. And those are three very specific things that we got out of the survey that we provided to our members. Excellent. Yes. Yeah, so what I heard you say is that you looked at what they were asking for, and then it was continuing to provide that education. So awareness of the topic and then practicing the topic by having a virtual yoga session and then providing access to the greater conversation and thinking more of a solutions framework of, we know that this is a problem that we're all facing, uh, but what are some of those solutions that we can continue to work towards? Uh, And that's an excellent three-pronged approach that maybe others who are involved with their state affiliate or their teams at their local organization may want to consider. So I'm I'm curious more about this yoga experience. And one of the the themes we've heard through ASHP's involvement in the National Academy of Medicine Action Collaborative is that we won't fix the problem with yoga. But uh, it sounds like your members wanted yoga. And just curious, you know, sometimes some people will, will chuckle at that idea. But what was the members' experience with this virtual yin yoga session that you held for your chapter members? So the yoga session was really interesting. It was not the typical yoga that you would think of like when you go to a class and it's that flow kind of yoga and you're you're actually working out and breaking a sweat. Um, this kind of yoga was actually called yin yoga. And essentially what that is, or you could think about it, it's very slow. It's very relaxing and meditative yoga versus that actual physical movement. Most of the time you're in seated or supported positions, more so than that standing flow style yoga. And the purpose of it is to encourage deep stretching and relaxation. So it was um, a really fun experience. My sister actually led the whole yin yoga session. She's a certified yoga instructor. Um, so it was pretty special having her there as well. And she did a really good job with it. Personally, I, I loved it. I'm not going to lie. I was so relaxed that I actually overslept my alarm the next day. <laughs> But yeah, and and, I mean, Harshal can speak to it more, but we seem to get some really good feedback from the members as well. Yeah, totally. Um, We we got an overwhelming response. Actually, one of my senior directors of pharmacy at my hospital actually called me right after the yin yoga session. And he's never done a yoga session in the past. And he had a stressful day and he did it. He was like, we should definitely do this more often. And I was actually kind of surprised because we've got a lot of, 
members that haven't done meditation or yoga in the past and they, they loved it and they want us to continue to keep doing programs like that. And we're hoping to plan some things in, in the spring, um, uh, maybe have more meditation sessions and mindfulness sessions during that time. That's great. Giving us a little bit of insight into what some of the future planning looks like for, for the year and years ahead. So maybe shifting gears just a little bit, and I'll ask this question for all three of you. How has your personal focus on this topic of well-being and resilience adjusted, I don't know, acclimated is the right word, but evolved during the pandemic? It's something you prioritize for your members and you're leading them through this. How about your own insights and reflections? How have you adjusted? Um, and I should note for our listeners, we're recording in early 2021, so still very much in a pandemic and a challenging time. But at this point, you've all lived through it for upwards of 10 months. What are some reflections uh, in your own personal journeys that you'd be willing to share? Yeah, I guess I could start. So something for me that's always been a huge outlet, just decompressing from work, has been working out. So when the gyms closed, and and the gym in my building is actually still closed now, it, it was a huge letdown because it was something that I always looked forward to, just going on the treadmill. So I had to acclimate to that. I had to change how I was going to work out because I still felt like I, I really need to do that, um, especially coming home and, and staring at the walls and not having anywhere to go or do so I actually, um, I didn't buy a Peloton um, because I don't have room for it in my apartment, but I downloaded the Peloton app and I've been using it because they have like the floor exercises that you can do. And that's something that I've just had to adjust to. And it's working for me well. I've always been a big reader, but I've tended to pick up on it a lot more. And I'm not going to lie. I love reality TV shows. So I've used that as an outlet as well, just to, to help for me. But I think working out and the changing of my workouts was the biggest thing I had to acclimate to. Herschel, how about for you? For me, you know, I wasn't really, I guess I read a lot of science journals, but I hadn't read a book in a while. So for me, I started reading more during the pandemic. I started reading a book called Think Like a Monk. It's by Jay Shetty. It's a, a wonderful book on a lot of what we're talking about today. They talk about promoting well-being, overcoming negativity, being more compassionate, and then, you know, finding purpose in life. And, I, you know, when we're going through such a chaotic time like we are right now, sometimes you need to read or um, decompress and find something that gives you some meaning. And I think reading for me um, over the last 10 months has definitely been something that I've done more of, especially right now with all that's going on with COVID-19. Yeah. So I actually recently became a dog mom. Um, so at least in New York city, the puppy parents have exploded. So there's a whole community now, you know, it's really fun having someone that's always excited to see you when you come home and then that you always have an excuse to go outside. So I feel like during the pandemic, a lot of the times I was staying indoors and I think that affected my mental health, but having, it doesn't matter if it's raining, it doesn't matter if it's snowing, it doesn't matter if it's cold, you have to take your dog out. And then you just have the, all these new social networks. So I've really found joy um, and help and just better mental health with, you know, having a, someone that depends on me. Um, and also just like um, those new social networks with the dogs. So having a puppy during the pandemic has really helped with that. I think that was one of the biggest changes that I've had personally. But yeah, I always, I definitely say, I think you probably saw his tail in the background this video, but <laughs> he's a joy. Um, and it's just, it promotes, you know, that social network too, with having the dog clicks and meeting new people and meeting new puppies and you're all outside. So you feel really safe 
still having that social connection that you, uh, you know, before you might've been doing other things indoors or whatnot, but you know, that's been very special for me being a dog mom. So what I hear you all saying is at some point you did some reflection on what brings me joy and where can I like look forward to something after work after these very stressful days and high patient volumes and sort of this never end in sight, but you did some self-reflection and what is it I want to do, whether it's reading a new book or having an accountability buddy, because that's what our furry friends are, or prioritizing fitness. And so that looks a little bit different for everybody, but it sounds like self-reflection, identifying what brings you joy is one piece to that our listeners early on in the calendar year could reflect on and incorporate in their own individual paths. Um, So I imagine, again, you all work in the greater New York City area, which has had its challenges this past year, and perhaps have some co-workers or some leaders that you have observed as maybe being stretched to capacity, and maybe they've said they're burnt out and maybe need to refocus on their well-being. Any tips or advice for our listeners who may be feeling some of that just emptiness and how they could refocus. They may say, I don't have enough time. I'm so busy. I have so many patients. I can't carve this out. Uh, Maybe each of you could reflect on a tip to share with our listeners. I'll start with Alana again. So I think, I mean, kind of alluding to what you were just saying, I think where you could start is, is finding out those things that bring you joy. Write down the list of things that you really like to do and write down the things that you would really rather not have in your life and try to just focus and, and, and dedicate time every day to those things that you put on your list that you really liked. I think that's kind of what all of us did. And I, it seems to be working. I've definitely felt with just making, example, a fitness a priority to me and, and finding those apps that work for me, it's helped me. And so, you know, I think it's going to be different for everybody. And so it just needs to be what works for you. And the other thing I think would be meditating, just going through that one yin yoga session, for example. I mean, it's amazing how calming you feel afterwards. And I'm sure so many of us are coming home with such high emotions after the things that we've been seeing in this pandemic and the sick patients we're taking care of that it's nice to just kind of take some time to just Think about nothing other than your breathing. Um, that that sometimes is, is a nice thing to do. So th- those would be my my tips. For myself, definitely taking breaks from social media. Obviously, with all that's going on and the constant uh, cycle of news, you want to kind of take a break sometimes from social media. And I think some I think something that you alluded to, Christina, is reflection. That was something that I was just going to say is uh, reflecting. Um, I think that's really important on how you can be better as a person every day. And that's kind of what I've tried to attempt doing over the past uh, year is how could I, like every single day, how could I make myself better? How could I improve? And, and taking that and reflecting about it. Yeah, my advice, you know, I think we've talked a lot about our personal journey with well-being and resilience, but I think a, a huge lesson I've learned from the pandemic and like my own mental health is, it's a two-way street also. You really, especially at work, you want to cultivate a culture where you have respect for each other. And I think the people that succeed the most are the ones, you know, you take a break before you write an email, you want to word carefully. Or when you're talking to someone, you know, you want to take a breath if you think you're getting frustrated in the moment or something. Because later on, you want to look back and think, I did everything I could and I helped someone else's journey, not just my own. So that's something I've learned. I just hope we have more kindness out of 2020 moving into 2021. But that's 
the advice I would give to um, anyone listening. An excellent reflection. There's always uh, opportunity for kindness to fill in in between all the events going on. Uh, so let's kind of, I want to round out our conversation together. We started by talking about how the committee formed. I surveyed the committee to get a pulse on where they're at and help to prioritize events for 2020 and perhaps some in 2021. Our listeners, they may be involved with local chapters of their state affiliate, or they might be involved in their organization. We hear about well-being committees forming at the organizational level. Our peers in nursing and physicians and social work, they're also prioritizing this topic. So I'm curious, again, we'll open the question to all three of you, but what tips you have for our listeners as they're folding in this topic to the work that they're doing? And you all have kept the momentum in your local chapter, and there's been a lot of challenges and noise. So what advice for incorporating it with the team and then to uh, continue that momentum during challenging times? Uh, we'll start again. Maybe we'll go backwards this time. We'll mix it up for the listeners. Jess, do you want to go first? Sure. Advice for organizations, you know, working from NYSHIP and doing what we did with our committee, you know, I, I think you don't have to make it complicated. You can just have like maybe one event that you want to do um, and just think about what your members really need. Just because our members needed what we did doesn't mean yours do. So think about exactly what it is. I didn't mention my employer, but, you know, they provided a lot of different opportunities depending on, you know, what they're, what they saw as a priority for their employees. So, you know, they provided hotel housing, they provided basic needs, they provided free meals. So, I mean, what we talked about, you know, is more tertiary, like yin yoga, meditation, and CE credits and everything that goes into learning more about it. But maybe providing those kind of things is the actual support that that employer needs to give their employees. So just thinking about exactly what the need is for your group. For myself, I think it's go beyond talking about why it's important. We all know that burnout's real, but what are we really going to do about it at this point? And my, my tip would be, uh, for a local professional organization that's looking into creating a well-being co- a committee would be to have a plan. And like Jess said, take feedback from your members, tailor it to you know what they uh, like to see, um, different wellness I- ideas, different committees or um, that they can collaborate uh, with the wellness committee would be, I think, something that would definitely help in promoting the topic of wellness. And then not just having one program, but having a series of program or or events. I think it takes definitely like six to eight weeks for new activities to become habits. So we definitely can't just have one and then that's it. We want to have multiple programs around wellness, whether it's, you know, something uh, regarding fitness or mindfulness or a meditation session or just education around it. You want to kind of put it all together where you can kind of get different uh, different groups of members interested in different types of overall wellness activities. I think my advice would be very similar to Herschel's. I think something to think about would be, you know, surveying your members first and foremost to see where the gaps are, what the needs are. You'd never want to, there's pointless to give a, have a committee do all this work for something that the, the committee members don't actually need. And I think something that's just super important is doing various team building exercises, whether that can only be virtual at the time because it's too dangerous to all be together 
or if it gets nice out and you're able to do something outside, I think, you know, not being too overwhelming with them, maybe just doing them quarterly or something like that. Um, just to, first of all, get that face-to-face interaction, especially if it's nice out and you can be outside that most of us are, are unfortunately not getting as much as we'd like to right now. And also just getting our minds off of what's going on and, and work and, and the sick patients we have to see in the hospital, it, it, it's stressful um, and it's sad. And so it's doing something fun you know, could, could really help bring everybody's spirits up. And, and something else actually, which actually was, was implemented in my unit that I just thought about was we were given pandemic pals. And so essentially we were just paired up with somebody and, and the goal is just to check in with somebody every day, whoever you're paired up with and just say like, what challenges are you facing today? How can I help you? How are you feeling today? And so I think that's something that would actually be really good for us to think about as well. And our wellbeing chapter or our wellbeing committee and for others to think about as well, because you just kind of, you know, you always know you have somebody there that you can talk to if you need it. Absolutely. That's an excellent point to round out this conversation. Again, that's the accountability partner. And we hear just this isolation and loneliness, which was pervasive before the pandemic, and now we're physically disconnected. Uh, That's a fantastic idea. And I think something that all of us can incorporate is to check in with someone else, whether it's a coworker or a family member or a neighbor, to make sure people are doing okay. And in those conversations, you may learn a solution. Maybe a problem someone is facing is a solution that you can implement or you have some control over. So I think that is some excellent advice to round out our time together. Uh, I'll pause to see if there are any other pieces. We have just a little bit of time left. Any final thoughts that you would like to share with our listeners today? I would just say, um, you go for it. Um, you know, if you're thinking about having a well-being committee, I think now is the opportunity with all that we've been through over the last 10 months. I think a wonderful idea to, to have a committee like this, part of a local professional organization, and then seeing the type of feedback we get or you get from your members on um, you know, what works, what doesn't work, and how to improve something like this for future programs. That's great. Well, I wanna thank Herschel and Jess and Alana leaders within your New York City chapter for the New York State Council of Health System Pharmacy for taking time to share your lessons learned. You're early on in this journey. We look forward to hearing more about it. Perhaps we can have you come back on the podcast at a later time to continue sharing what you've learned from your members and perhaps what the larger state affiliate is doing too, especially since they adopted the resolution uh, in 2020. If you haven't had a chance, I encourage all of our listeners to check out wellbeing.ashp.org's resource center where you can learn more about ASHP's partnership with the National Academy of Medicine resources to promote both individual team and organizational wellness and managing burnout. Be sure to join us each month here as we bring additional guests on to chat more about wellness and resilience. We wish you well and a happy start to 2021. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.